The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Uh, this morning, uh, I spoke about proclaiming liberty to the captives. This evening, we're going to be praying liberty for the captives. And probably, I say probably, probably in three different areas. Those who are captive to sin, which I'll speak about in a minute. I spoke at length about that this morning, but I'll say it. let's talk about that again tonight slightly different way. Those who are captive to some sort of life-controlling addiction, or something that they're captive to in that way. It might not be an addiction, but it's something that, they, that, that rules their lives in that way. Uh, alcohol, drugs, we'll get to that again in a minute. And thirdly, those who are captive to some kind of uh, serious or, or long-term, at least, health issue, whether it be mental or physical And I made the point this morning that the most significant form of bondage that Satan has people in is bondage to sin. And, and from that comes all kinds of other forms of bondage, such as alcoholism, drug addiction, mental, physical health issues, idolatry, etc. The list could go on and does go on for a long time. But sin is the main one. And there is no bigger miracle than a sinner who gets saved. There is nothing bigger, there is nothing more miraculous than when God takes somebody out of the kingdom of darkness and transplants them into his own kingdom. That, that is the miracle above all other things. When somebody receives new birth, when somebody becomes born again, that is a miracle. Because it takes a supernatural intervention of God to, for someone to become a Christian. Uh, and I mentioned this verse a few times in recent weeks, and I, I said it again this morning, and I'll read it again tonight, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. In, in their case, the unbeliever's case, the God of this world, that's the enemy that uh, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And so for someone to be saved, first they've got to be unblinded. And so very often, the best way to pray for somebody who is not yet a Christian is not to pray that they would simply become a Christian. Because we've got to acknowledge the plain fact that the reason why they're not a Christian is because the enemy has blinded them to the real identity of who Jesus is. They're blinded to the love of God for them. And so we've got to pray that they would be unblinded. That is our prayer. Um, this summer we are having a week of mission we're going to be proclaiming Jesus in a very simple way on the streets of Christchurch uh, it starts on Thursday June the 13th and goes on till uh, Wednesday June the 19th and it's called The Turning and The Turning is a mission I don't know what to describe it as really it's, it's um, well, let me, let me, if you skip forward a couple of slides, or maybe it's one slide for that big quote, I'll tell you what it is. So, so the guy, that's, that's one, the guy who heads it up is called Yinka Oyakan, and he was a, uh, he is a Baptist minister in uh, Reading. And he describes the turning as this, and then I'll talk a bit more about it. So he says, the turning is becoming a phenomenon. What looked from a distance like a technique, like an evangelism technique, on closer inspection is revealed to be a gift from heaven, a gift that miraculously empowers ordinary Christians. Who's an ordinary Christian? 
this evening. Most of us. Can I speak to the ones who didn't put their hands up after the service? You, you can give me some of what you've got. Uh, sorry. A gift that miraculously empowers ordinary Christians, enabling them to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The fact that we are looking at the possibility of reaching over three million people across six nations in five years bears witness to the enduring power of the gospel. And so how this started, how the turning started, was that um, uh, Yinka Oyakan's church did a, a 10-day mission in Reading, and they saw incredible results. By the end of 10 days, 720 people who weren't Christians had prayed to Jesus on the, on the streets of Reading. And uh, as that mission ended, it was very clear to everybody involved that God was doing something very special and very significant. Uh, and uh, they extended the mission and uh, kept it going. And, and that they've, they've now taken... And they named it the turning. And they've taken the turning to loads of different places, cities, uh, counties, and now countries in Europe as well. And everywhere they go, they see just the same amazing numbers of people responding to Jesus, responding to a very simple presentation of the gospel on the streets. And, and it is, there is something miraculous about this. And I'm, I'm very expectant about what will happen in June. So uh, in summer, in June, yep, uh, churches across Christchurch, including us, and in Bournemouth, will be going out onto the streets, having people at Jesus. And as I uh, really emphasised this morning, uh, we'll be doing that in uh, such a way that we will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we will, there'll, there'll be opportunities, at least two opportunities every day throughout that week of mission to receive from God for us, so that we're making sure that we're going out onto the streets full of him, full of his power. And so this is the program, and again, I'll repeat this as weeks go on, but it starts on the evening of Thursday the 13th of June at Bournemouth Community Church at half past seven. We'll have like a worship session together, an equipping session, and then every morning, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning till half 11, there'll be more worship, more training, which will be here at our church for all the other Christchurch churches to come here as well. Uh, quarter to 12 and quarter to 1 will be out onto the streets just for that one hour from, from 11.45 just for one hour on the streets talking to people about Jesus then we'll come back here for some lunch at 1 o'clock these are all rough timings it'll be about this time and uh, have some feedback some uh, testimonies what, what, what happened what kind of conversations did we have when we were out there to encourage each other to pray for each other and then back here in the evening again for another worship uh, and receiving time for us, and that will happen every day through that week, apart from Sunday. I feel tired just talking about it, but it's going to be a great week. And um, a big part of it is follow-up, so people give us their contact details, we follow them, them up, we arrange to meet a coffee for them, it all sounds oh so simple. We go through a discipleship uh, material with them, and, and they get wonderfully <laughs> saved, we baptise them the week after, and they get added to the church. That, that's the idea, but that's what we pray for. And uh, people have been saved through this, numbers and numbers of people. Um, are we going to pray for it as weeks go on? So that's the turning. Um, put this date in your diaries, if you will. The 3rd of April at 7 o'clock in the evening, which is a Wednesday. There's a, that's where the whole thing kind of kicks off, really. People hear about the turning in, in detail from, from the turning guys themselves really for the first time, apart from the local ministers telling, talking to you about it. Bournemouth Community Church, be there, 3rd of April, 7 o'clock. And uh, 
So that's liberty for the captives, but we're going to be praying for liberty for the captives tonight very, very soon. Um, but let me, have you ever experienced this? When you invite someone to church and they say they're going to come, but then right at the last minute they, they pull out. Has anyone ever experienced that? Or when someone appears to become a Christian, only for them to suddenly do a U-turn and stop coming to church. Well, the reason we're battling for captives to sin tonight is because Satan opposes liberty for the captives. There's a picture of Algerian pirates on the screen there. Um, and I found this story, which you know, is, it probably is true of many Algerian pirates, but I'm going to talk about it as if there's only one. So a band of Algerian pirates had taken many prisoners who were chained to the oars to row their masters, and suddenly they see ships of war in the distance to come and rescue the captives, and the captives knew that there was hope coming their way. But the, the masters came on deck, the Algerian pirates, and they say, pull for your lives, and they, they whip them, and, and the captives have to row harder and harder, and they row actually away from the people that are coming to rescue them. And, and that, in a way, is, is similar to, to what Satan is like. He's like that hard taskmaster, whipping the whip, driving, tr- attempting to drive people away from Jesus. Just when he sees they're about to give in and give their lives to him, and he, he, will, he wants to come and resist that and place all kinds of things in the way so that does not happen. And we've got to fight and battle for people to come into the kingdom of God. But we can do that because in 1 John 3 verse 8, and this is a verse I'm going to read a few times tonight, the second half of the verse says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And so, the best way to pray for unbelievers is that Jesus would unblind their eyes to see the truth. And we would also vocally come against the works of the enemy in that person's life. And, and, and I was thinking about tonight and thinking about my own testimony and and it really rings true in my own life how I was spiritually blind to the truth of Jesus. I vividly remember even now, 20 years later, the different stages over time that Jesus unblinded my mind and I'll share this a couple of times. I remember sitting in in my room in my university house before I was saved, looking out the window and seeing the grass and the trees um, and thinking to myself, for the first time in my life, how did this stuff get here? How did the trees come to be in existence? How, how is the grass there? Surely it can't be chance. And I'd never thought these kind of things before. And I looked at my fingers moving and thought, surely a body as complex as mine can't be created by chance. Maybe it is true that there is a creator God. Maybe. And that was the part, part of the process of Jesus unblinding my mind. And then I remember a friend who told me about a real example uh, she, she'd seen the, of the gift of prophecy working in someone's life. And, and the concept of not only God's existence, but the very fact that he could actually speak to somebody stumped me. And I sat in silence for two hours, and I couldn't say anything. And I walked out of that place where I were with a sense that my life had, had done a, a complete 180-degree turnaround. I wasn't saved at that point, but I just had a sense in me that, that my life had turned around somehow. And, and another stage in the process of God unblinding my mind, revealing to me more and more about Jesus. 
And it, and it happened gradually, that un, unblinding, a very gradual thing, until one evening somebody asked me if I knew Jesus. And by that point, I was utterly convinced that God was real. The work of unblinding was, was almost complete. And so because of that, it was very easy for me to say, no, I don't know Jesus, and yes, I really want to. It was dead easy. Um, and then I became a Christian. And for others, the unblinding happens faster. It might be an instant thing. They suddenly see, and it's not a process. It's just a sudden thing. But for others, it takes much longer than that. It might take years. But Satan blinds unbelievers and holds them captive in sin. And we are given the responsibility of not just telling them about Jesus, but battling for them. I know that lots of people were praying for me in that journey of me discovering more and more about Jesus and then finally becoming Christian. I know that people were praying for me because I was told that. And and that is our responsibility, to to, to pray for these people as well. 